Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Two Cents Episode 5, which is entitled Game Over. Now, let me start off with apologies to anybody that tried to listen to my last four episodes on earphones or earbuds or headphones. Um, I understand that you were able to only listen through one ear, one side of the ear. Mine was majority left and I was able to fix the problem, so now you should be able to hear me out of both sides of your ear. Thank God for that. But now let me get to the facts of this. Um, I'm going to list the uh, I'm going to list national food for this week, and starting it off today is National Hot Buttered Rum Day. I believe that's a drink or some sort. I have no idea. But um, on January 18th, it is Gourmet Coffee Day. And Peking Duck Day. The 19th will be National Popcorn Day. The 20th will be Butter Crunch Day and Cheese Lovers Day. The 21st will be Granola Bar Day and New England Clam Chowder Day. The 22nd is Blonde Brownie Day and Southern Fried Food Day. And 24th, not 24th, 23rd, excuse me, is Pie Day and Rhubarb Pie Day. Um, apple pie is my favorite pie, but I have no idea what rhubarb is. Popcorn, I'm not so, uh, keen on popcorn. I hate the little kernels that get stuck in your teeth. And coffee, my mother is definitely going to enjoy coffee. She drinks a lot of coffee. But, uh, yeah, those are your national, uh, day, those are your national foods for this week's, um, edition. Um, let me get to the point here. Um... I'm going to basically talk to you about what's going to happen this week coming of Trump leaving office, Joe Biden taking his place as the president of the United States, Kamala Harris taking her place as the VP of the United States. Uh, I'm going to give uh, highlights of what happened in professional wrestling this week, and I'm going to hit you at the end of this episode with my inquiring mind segment. Um, but the first thing I want to talk to you about is I'm going to be starting college again, not starting college, but the spring semester for me in my college experience will be starting again. And it's going to be, uh, difficult a little bit. I'm not saying the work's going to be difficult because I know how to, uh, juggle everything, but I'm going to have to try to keep up with current events and wrestling related news and also take care of my homework stuff. So if I happen to miss anything of current event wise or wrestling news, do not hold that against me. I am trying to juggle as many things as I can, but I will try my best and that's the only thing I can give you. But now. Before I get into the Trump news and basically get my whole opinion and give some facts about it, let me play you something that I got from CNN that I found personally interesting and laughable. You 
As the mob chanted, hang Mike Pence, and a makeshift gallows went up, the vice president, his wife and daughter, were just seconds away from being spotted, according to the Washington Post. At one point, they were hiding less than 100 feet from the violent crowd, attacking police officers, journalists, and others. The timeline tells how it happened. Just before 1 o'clock, President Trump demands Pence toss the election results. Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you, I will tell you right now. I'm not hearing good stories. The Senate will now retire to its chamber. Pence has no legal power to reject the vote. But in little more than an hour, as he leads Congress in certifying the vote for Joe Biden, the Trump crowd is hammering through Capitol barricades. Inside, we have been told by Capitol Police that the Capitol is in lockdown. Outside, by 2.11, the mob smashes into the building. Moments later, the Post says Pence is hustled out of the chamber. And it will stand in recess until the call of the chair. We'll pause. Protesters are in the building. Thank you. 214. Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman is single-handedly slowing the surge of rioters, some shouting, where's Mike Pence? Based on the Post reporting, the few seconds Goodman buys keeps the mob from seeing Pence and his family being hurried into hiding in an office. Goodman lures the crowd toward other officers, likely giving other lawmakers time to escape, too. Soon after, the violent mob seizes the Senate floor anyway, taking the very seat the vice president occupied minutes earlier. And President Trump, during all of this, he was watching events unfold on TV. According to many witnesses, taking no action for hours to stop the attack and tweeting at 2.24, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It was later deleted. Now that you've heard what CNN had to say, let me make this perfectly clear. I have never heard of your supporters literally coming up in a whole big mob style fashion to come and get you like you were Saddam Hussein or some big old, I mean, just disgusting human being to try to grab you and do vigilante justice, quote unquote, vigilante justice towards you i've never heard of that that is some third world other country style behavior i mean we're supposed to be the united states of america that's what we're supposed to be i mean that's the country that we're living in i mean that's everything i mean you always would hear especially throughout this whole campaign if you don't like it here you can leave we're supposed to uphold and hear what i said in essence supposed to uphold the law and rights of the american people but what happened last Wednesday at the Capitol building was not, and I repeat, was not vigilante justice. That was straight thuggery, heathen behavior, and straight up domestic terrorism. But I've said that all in my last episode. But that was all new information that I got from CNN this week. And thanks to 
my mother for telling me about it yet again. Mom comes in to save the day. Love you. Um, it's funny, you know. I've lived on this earth for 24 years now. I have not really paid attention to president presidents. Uh, behaviors or who's the president this time I always knew who it was but I never like really dug in and really like oh let me see what they stand on and let me see what they're about I never really did that because you know what I've always been a head to the ground guy take care of my business because the government doesn't pay attention to me I don't pay attention to it we had that kind of relationship they, the government just basically wants your taxes, and that's about it. And they let you do about your thing. If you try to cheat them, they're going to come after you. That's the only thing I can give you. Always pay your taxes, boys and girls. Um, But the thing is, when throughout all your lives, anybody that has listened to this, throughout your whole life, when have you ever heard of your supporters ever Wanting to come and literally grab you and try to hang you or commit some, I mean, just some wild foul harm to you. I mean, think about it. There was a gallows at the Capitol building. I mean, a big one. Where do you find, first and foremost, that gallows was huge. Where do you? Where do you get the wood to make that? One. Two. Why on God's green would you make it? I think we're past the timing of hanging people. Usually, usually, usually now people just get shot. Now more than ever. If you're using a gallows, a.k.a. a hanging device, you are really trying to make that person suffer. You're really trying to see that person really just lose their last bit of breath. That's inhumane, if anything. Let somebody try to do that to a pet. Boy, would Peter have a field day with you. Boy, would humans have a field day with you. We love our pets so much that if you do any humane, inhumane thing to them, you would be villainized. But if you do something as a person to another person, we just look at it as like, eh, it's another day. That's nuts. To have a legitimate gallows there to try to hang somebody. To straight up walking through the Capitol building saying, where's Mike Pence? First and foremost, if you guys all were looking for Mike Pence, you guys should have known that you should have covered that whole Capitol building 360 style. To know that, that him nor his family was going to leave out of there. That's step one. You always cover a place 360 style. If you're really going to try to take over something. And I don't have no experience in it. But I'm just a logical person. If you're going to try to storm a place. You think you should cover every crevices of the building. Just saying. But you had people just storming a building. Taking things. People have gotten killed. And they are never able to see their family. People are now in jail. Because you guys all were basically under the manipulation of Donald Trump. Who would now be labeled as former President Donald Trump. Yet again, 
crazy world that we live in for him to even have the title of president to go next to his name. And I'm not saying president of a business. Because when you're president of a business, you're only not acknowledged as, oh, he's the president of some such building in certain inner circle meetings at a gala or a charity event, blah, blah, blah. But now he can literally walk throughout his whole entire existence. His children can walk throughout their whole entire existence saying, my father, my grandfather, in certain cases, and him basically saying, I was, and all of them can say, the President of the United States. That's insane. That's lunacy. I remember whenever he he, he got nominated, whenever he threw his hat, naming the, naming the uh, hat to say that he's going to run for president. And I remember people were yucking it up. I mean, laughing and slapping knees. I mean, just be having a big old laugh. Twitter was having a ball with it. I straight up told my parents and I told my brothers, this is lunacy. How are you guys? How? How? How is somebody without some type of background in that type of business in that type of professional lying sport going to take the biggest position of power in the world by saying hey I want to throw my hat name in the hat no no he no god no I was go ranting, raving up and down saying, for the love of God, how? How can you just straight up laugh about this? This is not going to be funny. I said this verbatim. This is not going to be funny because you know what? He's somehow going to get there and you think it's going to be funny now. But if he ends up becoming president, it's going to be doomsday. And what happened? He got elected and I promise you the next day you felt Something in the air. There was a whole blackish episode, literally documenting, not documenting, but they made fun of how Trump became president and like the next day it felt. And I mean, just the whole landscape, the whole atmosphere felt different. Not a joyful different, but like a just you have that eerie feeling of something's not good feeling I said that what happened and look at these past four years especially just last week doomsday came and by God it came quick I'm about to read you something from one of the rioters that got arrested and this is coming from the Guardian, and the title of it says, I'm facing a prison sentence. U.S. Capitol rioters plead with Trump for pardons. And this is coming from um, The Guardian, and they interviewed Jenna Ryan. She is a Texas real estate broker. 
She said that she took a private jet to Washington to join the attack on the U.S. Capitol. His plead. No, has pleaded with, she has pleaded with Donald Trump to pardon her after she was arrested by federal authorities. After surrendering to FBI on Friday, Ryan said, and I quote, We all deserve a pardon. I'm facing a prison sentence. I don't think, I think I do not deserve that. She turned and said, I will ask the President of the United States to give me a pardon. But she was speaking to her local CBS affiliate, CBS 11. So let me make this perfectly clear. CBS 11 talked to her and the Guardian reported it. There we go in the right grammatical, uh, substantial way of how you should do it. Continuing on. Ryan said she had been displaying my patriotism, adding, I listened to my president who told me to go to the Capitol. Do you not know how nuts that is? You listened, quote unquote, listened to the president of the United States. To say, hey, come down here. And you guys all decided to storm up a place. Because Mike Pence couldn't change the votes. First and foremost. He can't do anything in that setting. The only thing he can do. Legitimately. Is be the figurehead just like everything else. He's a figurehead. He has to read off what is written on a piece of paper. He cannot stop and say, "Hey, yo, throw those uh, throw those votes that uh said Trump, that throw the votes that uh said Biden." Let me see those. Yeah, let me let me let me put them let me put them on fire. You know what? Uh, stash them uh votes in a in a, in your trunk. And throw your car off a bridge. And if it doesn't explode, uh, pour some gasoline in it and uh, light it on fire. He can't make those type of votes go away. He can only read off what the states said. A, Biden won it over this state or Trump won it over in this state. That's the only thing Biden not Biden. That's the only thing Pence could do. No more, none less. So for you guys to literally run up, run up in that spot, because Donald Trump said, "I not I'm trying to get the right words," because Donald Trump led you down a path of destruction and that's exactly what he did Donald Trump left you guys led you guys down a path of destruction now you guys are asking for a pardon <clears throat> if you guys ever figure it out he's not going to give you guys a pardon he did that to for all his constituents people that 
he is close with. He gave them pardons. You guys are ants to him. He is a bird. He is soaring above the ants. You guys might have done the bidding of him. But guess what? He is not going to give you guys a, A, I'm going to pardon you. Thanks for doing my work. Now nah, he's going to let you rot in prison if you guys happen to serve a prison sentence. Side note, I really don't think you guys are going to really be serving a prison sentence unless you guys were the ones really taking photos and just being stupid with it. Anybody that was that probably did run up in the spot in the Capitol building, you're more likely probably going to have to pay a small fine or something. People that broke stuff, like broke windows, you're going to pay that. Oh, that's a fact. You're paying for that. But the peop- but the person that stole the podium, I think he's going to pay a fine. He's going to spend a couple, couple days or months in prison. The guy that put his foot on Nancy Pelosi's desk and had her in mail, he in some trouble. No, I'm not going to lie to you. He in some trouble because that's some, that's, that's some, that's, uh, <laughs> that's power. You're stating that you have power over the legitimate government. Over the government. The government don't like that. As a minority, I'm telling you, the government doesn't like that. The government is going to make an example out of you. You might be old. Oh, but they're going to make an example out of that one. That one, he going to get it. He going to get something. Because you're not going to just run up in there, have your feet on my desk, and have somebody take a photo of you, smiling, big mouth style, with your foot on my desk, and then you storm out with a piece of my mail. That's not happening, Chief. You going to do some time for that. You're going to do some time, and you're going to pay a fine, kid. Welcome to the real world. Big facts. That... (laughs) That's just nuts. I hope this is a lesson for all of you to learn. I hope this lesson people did learn. I think people learned it. Don't be stupid. Don't follow the legit. Don't follow the words of an idiot. Trump was an idiot in that form and fashion. Trump was an idiot. Trump knew nothing about politics. He knew nothing. He is a businessman. He knows nothing about politics. He was not going to waste his time trying to learn politics. That's not him. Any businessman is not going to really try to learn about politics. They're constantly trying to learn about business. Because you want to know why? Because the business runs their lives. Politics does nothing for their lives. The only time it ever affects them when it affects their wallet.
If money's getting taken out, that's whenever they pay attention to whatever you gotta say at that moment. America is based on money. And I understand people thought that he was going to try to keep jobs here or this and that here. Listen, the time for that is done. Alright? You got to learn the tricks of the trade of online now. Everything's online. You got to learn it. You got to do something. If you if you didn't serve in the army or in some style of branch of military... And you're not getting some type of benefits from that. You got to learn another trade. You got to learn something. I would say be a chef, but not too many people are hiring out here. Not too many mom and pops uh, restaurants. Not too many restaurants are still out here. That guy kind of got killed because of this whole pandemic style. But you got to do something else now. That sounds harsh to say, but it's true. You have to do something else now. We are living in a new world. We're doing something new that no other generation has ever done before us. So everything's new. You gotta do something else now. Now let me get into Trump's ballsiness. And I'm sorry to use that word out there, children and adults, but it's true. Trump's brazenness, I should use that word, he is leaving the White House the morning of the inauguration day of Joe Biden. Now, I'm not sure how many presidents have done that before, but it's really being shown on Trump's behalf because he is does it because he has shown throughout his whole presidency that he doesn't like to play ball. And this is his last form of defiance on Inauguration Day. Inauguration Day is whenever the new president is going to be sworn in and the new vice president is going to be sworn in. They're going to be sworn in together and they will swear to take office, to do no harm in office. They will do what's right by the American public and all that good stuff. And I have never heard of a president leaving the morning of inauguration. That just sounds like somebody that's trying to upstage the new guy that's supposed to be taking their job. That is like unheard. That's unheard. I've never heard of it. I don't think nobody else has ever heard of it. When I looked that up and I found that out, I was laughing my butt off. That is almost like, Ayo, you're leaving your office, but you know how many days you got until you got to leave your office, and you decide, you know what, I'll leave the morning of whenever somebody's supposed to be coming in. That is crazy. No, you leave days before that other person gets there. So that person can have that office to themselves. They don't have to see you. Biden don't want to see Trump in his place, in his digs for the next four years. He doesn't want to see the dude that was lastly there, the one that he had a complete, I mean, just a complete, utter, just disdain for in his, on the day that he's supposed to walk up and take office. 
it's already been said that Trump's not going to be an inauguration. So is this another? This is a way that Trump is going to be like, you know what? Here's my butt to kiss because I'm not going to inauguration. I'm going to be the guy to upstage the new guy that's supposed to be taking the position. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God, he is brazen. Trump is. I mean, this guy is brazen. The set that had, that he has on him. Trump. Trump is supposed to be having a 21-gun salute to him leaving office and some other stuff. I personally don't care to look it up, ladies and gentlemen, because this is complete lunacy. How we really allow this man to be in office for four years. It's lunacy. It's crazy. I personally don't like politics i don't i really don't want this whole podcast to be about politics i promise you guys this episode and next episode because i will be talking about anything that happens throughout the inauguration and i promise you that should be the last you hear about politics unless something big happens and i mean catastrophically big happens in politics but this is not a podcast that is revolving around politics. This just happened to be big current event news. And trust me, I really don't care about politics. I really don't. Just stick with me. Ugh. I'm sorry to even have to even give you that whole spiel, but that's the truth. I don't like politics like this. It's disgusting. But anyway. Trump was hit with his second impeachment this week, too, by the way. He is the first president to be hit with two impeachments in his reign. And I will call it his reign of terror for him, but he's the first president to be ever hit with two impeachments. He is the third president to actually be hit with an impeachment. The other two are Bill Clinton and Andrew Jackson. Now, an impeachment is the process in by which legislative body addresses legal charges against a government official. You hear that? Legal charges against a government official. And the charges are described by the Constitution as treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors other high crimes misdemeanors bribery treason now what my understanding is the first time trump got impeached his impeachment was this it was after a whistleblower alleged that donald trump may have been abused may have abused the power of presidency. Trump was accused of withholding military aid as a means of pressuring newly elected president of Ukraine to pursue investigation of Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden to investigate a conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, was behind the interference in the 2016 presidential election. You are withholding. You are withholding military aid 
to make people investigate Joe Biden and his son. To say, hey, the Ukraine uh, government got involved with the presidency. Okay, that's fine. Nothing happened of his impeachment. Nothing Nothing happened. He was impeached, but nothing happened of it. Nothing truly happened. And now a second impeachment was citing a riot, or as they would like to call it, an insurrection against the American government. He was founded straight up (laughs) his own party. Ten, Ten Republicans joined in with joined in with 222 to get him impeached. 197 were against that, and you can guarantee that was all Republicans, and four not voted. Now, Trump came in as himself. What I mean by that, no political party, like, really behind him, like, really, really behind him, because the Republicans had their own people that they wanted, but then you had, like, the underground people, and I mean, like, the underground has been done dirty by the government standards in their eyes. The factory workers that be losing their jobs because the factories are either shutting down or going over across other countries or people of other uh, job orientations that wanted to vote for more other just people in general. But I would say majority of people that lost their jobs because they were because their job was going overseas. They joined and they liked Trump because he was preaching to them hey you guys have been uh said you guys have not been taken care of i'm here to take care of you guys i'm here to look after you guys you are my people blah 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 he preached to them and that's what got him into a mainstream spot one because he was donald trump the name value the apprentice that you're fired uh the notoriety, the name, got him, him where he can just throw his name in the hat. But what really got the train out of the um, train station was people actually believing in what he was saying. Hey, he's not going to allow that company to take that, uh, <laughs> that company to allow that company to go overseas and allow my job to be handed over to somebody else in a different country and me just being stranded. He had them wrapped around his finger. He had their faith, their poor, poor misfaith in him. They put their faith in him and he failed them. He failed them. So they decided well, let me continue to, well, let me just continue to listen to him. Why not? Give him a little shot. And no, still, he left y'all out to dust. Right now with this whole rioting coup. This whole coup of a riot. He left y'all out here in the dust with your tail between your legs 
And some of you are still in prison right now. Some of you are not. And the ones that are in prison or that are out of prison on bail, you guys have a trial date. I don't know when that trial date will ever start, but the news will cover it. And they'll let us know when it starts. And they'll give us the information that we need to know. The big ones, oh, definitely. The guy with his foot on Nancy Pelosi's desk, we all know about it. The guy that took the podium with just smiling and waving. Oh, yeah. We're going to know about him. The guy that was half painted face up blue with the tattoo on the side rib with the bear or whatever type of animal skin as a like a thing on him with a, two horns on him. By God, we're going to know something about him, too. God, God, you guys should you guys should dress better. I'm sorry. I listened to another podcast, and I didn't really think about it, but you guys were supposed to storm the Capitol building. I'm sorry to get back to it, but I'm going to. You guys were storming the Capitol building, and you guys couldn't pick better attire than what you guys were wearing? You guys couldn't pick cap? You guys couldn't, couldn't literally wear what you guys wear for hunting expeditions? Your hunting gear? None of that. I didn't see none of that throughout the whole time. I saw people just, okay, we're going to riot. Okay, cool. Let me let me throw some on, throw some face paint on, war paint. And let's, let's go there and try to take over. No, that wasn't, that wasn't it. That wasn't the jig. By God, you guys should have came in there with your hunting gear, some camo, and do with your business. God, I'm sorry to go back on that, but man, you guys were so... <laughs> so not aware of what you were doing. But uh, Trump was impeached for the second time this week. And Mike Pence was given an ultimatum to hit hit Donald Trump with the 25th Amendment, which is basically saying that to kick out the president, we're going to throw him out as president. He didn't do it. Uh, and personally, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. Biden's, and I'm not going to say it doesn't matter anymore like that, like that, because Trump can try to run up on the on uh, ABC or whatever and he can try to hold a press conference and he can incite another riot with people so let me stop that right there right now right now he is a powerful powerful he has a he, he he's a villain right now until his president uh, title has been stripped from him has been taken from him Power wise, by Biden on Wednesday, the twentieth. That's whenever Trump's power will be stripped. But until then, he's still a dangerous enemy that can sick his people out there, that cling on to his every words. That's a cult, ladies and gentlemen. That's a cult. Go attack this person. Do it now. That's a cult, man. I don't know what else to tell you on that. A whole thing with Trump. 
but look look into yourself. If you're a Trump supporter, okay, you can have all the views of what you want about government and did they cheat the election or blah, blah, blah. You can have all these opinions. But you guys got to understand that your fellow Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol, they were not doing patriotic uh, acts. They were doing acts of treason. They were doing acts of domestic terrorism. They were not doing acts of goodwill for their own party. Trump was never a part of the Republican Party. Trump was a straight-up independent who got the rise of the Republican Party because they knew that they had to get somebody because Trump was gaining too much effort, gaining too much momentum, and he was never going to go to the Democrat side because Democrat side was never going to take Trump, never in a million years. So the Republican Party had to take him and say, you know, we'll place him against Hillary Clinton. That's the public's view. Me, I have my own personal view about that, and I will explain that more than likely on the next episode so I can get that out the way, because, man, I just want to get that out into the world so you guys can really think about that and really think about it, like, legit. Um, But that's all I got to say about politicking news. I will be watching the inauguration. I'll be watching to see if another riot will happen at the inauguration. I can't believe they're still doing it at the Capitol building. If I'm going to be honest, I thought they would do it like inside the White House. Where the inauguration, in my opinion, should be happening. Because, I mean, you're inside the White House. You're inside your place of work that you're going to be taking over for the next four years. Or however you got as presidency, as president. And I would think you want to start your job. And start your day and being sworn in into the most powerful office, into the most powerful room America has. But that's just me. So out of that and into professional wrestling news of the week. So I just got done watching uh, WrestleMania report announce some breaking news from WWE on April 10th and April the 11th. Of 2021, WrestleMania will be at Raymond James Stadium. That's right. Raymond James Stadium, that is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play football for the NFL. They were supposed to have that. They were supposed to be at that arena last year for one night, but now they will be there for two nights this year, Saturday and Sunday. So that can only mean, tell me that WWE has a time frame that they have worked out with Florida to say, hey, we're going to be there. We want to have fans. Tell me the conditions, how many fans we can really bring there, how many people we can really have there, something. Because I doubt that there's going to be a lot, especially with the promotion and the way WWE works. WWE likes to have a big spectacle, yada, yada, yada. You know where I'm going with this. I wonder how many fans can really show up and how much the tickets are going to be for those fans that show up and what kind of safety precaution WWE has to take for these two days. 
I mean, if Wrestle Kingdom could have fans there, I mean, why not WWE? But then again, Wrestle Kingdom is in Japan, and their civilians take this whole pandemic seriously, while on the other side of the coin, in the United States, you still have people that don't take this pandemic seriously and could cost people to lose money and people to lose uh, big joys in their life like going to sporting events like this or going to entertainment events like this because they don't want to wear a mask or stay six feet away from people or stay home whenever they don't feel well or they think they have COVID, they still go out there. But I'm going to leave that there. Please, for the love of God, wear a mask and take care of yourself whenever they have tickets available. Hey, look at them. I'm going to look at them to see how much they are because personally, I'm intrigued by it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm intrigued. But let me get back to the rest of the rest of the news that I got from that video that I watched. Next year, April 3rd, It'll only be one night, WrestleMania, in Dallas, Texas, at AT&T Stadium. And then April the 2nd, 2023, WrestleMania will be in Hollywood at Sophie Stadium. That is crazy news, because I'm not sure any of that can happen. But, we shall see. Card is always subject to change, and locations are always subject to change as well. I mean, look at it. This year, we're supposed to have it at Raymond James Stadium. But, due to the pandemic, yeah, it didn't happen. So, I mean, card is always subject to change. And location is always subject to change. And speaking of card subject to change, that's exactly what happened this Friday night on SmackDown. We had the supposed contract signing of Roman Reigns versus Adam Pearce at the Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns was going to sign a contract, but he did not like the inside of the contract. It read normal contract crap and said who you're going against, where at, what for, blah, blah, blah. So, he had Paul Heyman go to Adam Pearce and tell him that he wanted it in a no disqualification nope Paul Heyman said he wanted in a no disqualification match he got the contract Adam Pierce signed it and then he had to go and deliver the contract to Roman Reigns Roman Reigns was talking to Apollo Crews in his office when Paul Heyman gave Roman the, inf the site information that he got the match changed to a no disqualification match and it was going to be him versus Adam Pierce. I did what you asked. Roman Reigns stopped his conversation with Apollo Crews and he told Paul, that's not what I asked for. I do not want a no disqualification match. I want a last man standing match. Paul Heyman told his tribal chief, his client, that Adam Pierce will never go for that. Adam Pierce wouldn't go for a last man standing match. Roman Reigns looked at him and he told Paul to make it happen. Take care of the issue. 
And then Roman Reigns went back to his conversation with Apollo Crews. Paul Heyman later in the night went to Adam Pearce again and sold him on the idea of a last man standing match giving him every opportunity to beat Roman Reigns. This is going to give him his son. He's going to this is going to give him his moment in the sun type feeling like I can achieve this. I can do it. Blah, blah, blah. Selling him. And he told Adam Pierce that if he had any problem with the wording or any kind of discrepancy in the contract, he could meet Roman Reigns later in the night in the ring and talk to him about the discrepancies that he has in that contract. So, later in the night, you get... Adam Pierce and Roman Reigns and a contract signing. And Roman Reigns comes out first. Then Adam Pierce comes out. Adam Pierce sits down. Roman Reigns is pulled out a chair by Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman pulls out about a chair. Sorry for saying it like that. And Roman says, I don't want that chair. And he looks at Adam Pierce and he wants his chair. Adam Pierce hesitates. Then Jay Uso gets Adam Pierce out of the chair and gives that chair to his cousin, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns sits at the legit head of the table. Not figuratively. He puts the chair in front of the head of the table and sits there. He signs. The contract, and Adam Pierce grabs a remote, not a remote, but a microphone, and the contract, and he looks Roman in the face and says, I have been waiting for you to sign this all night. He gets out the ring, the camera looks, pans over to Roman and Jay and Paul, they all look confused by that, and they watch Adam Pierce walk up the ramp. With his knee starts to bother him. And he's walking up again. His knee starts to bother him. He gets on the top of the stage. And he's talking to Roman. But his microphone starts cutting out. WWE production problem. But what you can make of it was. He says that. His knees is acting up and he's not sure if he can be medically cleared to compete but just like everything else just like it says on a wrestling match card the card is subject to change and then he throws his arm out and out comes Kevin Owens Kevin Owens comes out to the stage his music hits, the camera pans over to Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns has his head in the air, like I can't believe I gotta deal with this guy again, and Adam Pearce gives Kevin Owen the contract to sign, and there you have it, at Royal Rumble, Adam Pearce will not be wrestling, in his place will be Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns in a last man standing match.
What else happened on SmackDown was Big E was laying out on a couch while he watched Apollo Crews versus Sami Zayn. And that was a nice little quick match that they had. But the story of it is Apollo Crews cheated to beat Sami Zayn. But it was turnabout is fair play because Sami Zayn tried to pull the tights of Apollo Crews. But he got caught by the referee. But when Apollo Crews did the exact same thing, the referee didn't catch Apollo Crews doing it. And Sami Zayn was calling out to the official saying that he pulled on the tights. He pulled on the tights. And then he yelled at Michael Cole and Corey Graves and said, did you, did you guys see that? Did you guys see it? And then Apollo Crews gets out of the ring. He's all smiling. He goes and walks up to Big E. And Big E says, yeah, I saw what you did. You keep doing your thing. I saw what, it, I saw what you did. Takes you for that to win. But I saw it. I saw it. Apollo Crews grabs Big E's Intercontinental Championship. Big E takes the microphone headset off. And he is starting to chuckle. But he's serious. With his chuckle. By saying you need to take your hands off that. You need to take your hands off that. And Apollo Crews and Big E. Get into some banter. Apollo Crews throws the belt. But tosses it. Towards Big E. And Big E catches it. And they start doing some banter. Uh, jabbering at the jaws at one another. And that's how it ends it there. So next week. It was announced. Big E will be defending his Intercontinental Championship. Against Apollo Crews. Maybe the pep talk that Apollo Crews got from Roman Reigns got him in a way that he has now decided to cheat to win. But the story will unfold next week on SmackDown. Now, with Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre, at the beginning of the show, he was home and he had to video record off of his phone because he caught COVID-19 and he gave a social uh, awareness video by saying, listen, I caught COVID-19, but you guys already know that it's been spread it around the internet. And, but, and this whole thing is still serious. Take precautions out there. I was one of the lucky ones that never caught the symptoms, but I tested positive be careful out there, stay safe, do all the guidelines. He did his public service announcement. What happened on Monday Night Raw was Keith Lee and Sheamus teamed up together to defeat John Morrison and The Miz. And then after that, they started to fight one another and it led to a one-on-one match. But you really didn't see them fight to start a one-on-one match. It's They beat John Morrison and The Miz. And then they went to commercial break. And then when it got back from commercial, those two were in a wrestling match. And it was just confusing as a viewer to see that. But I was like, alright, cool. They had a good match. Keith Lee ends up winning. Um... At the beginning of the show, though, after Drew McIntyre did his public service uh, video... Triple H came down to the ring. He said he's glad to be back inside the Thunderdome, which is 
crazy because this is his first time inside a Thunderdome to my recollection. But nevertheless, Randy Orton comes out. Triple H tells him, I understand why you burned a fiend to a crisp because he was in your way from getting what you want, the WWE Championship. I understand why he did it, and I would do the exact same thing. But he doesn't understand why he is so disrespectful to all the legends that came before him in this business. He doesn't understand why Randy decided on Legends Night to disrespect the legends. The legends like Big Show. The legends like Mark Henry. The legends like a Ric Flair. He doesn't understand that. So Randy Orton decides to make a challenge to Triple H. And Triple H declines it. And then Randy Orton decides to say that Triple H's manhood is in Stephanie's purse. And that's the reason why he couldn't fight Randy Orton. Triple H hits Randy in the face with a right hand fist and Randy gets out of the ring he's holding his jaws and he smiles and he said I guess you that is a yes so later in the night you get Triple H versus Randy Orton it happens it's a brawl it's not a match it's just a simple brawl Triple H and Randy Orton are fighting in the ring, and then Triple H goes out of the ring, and he grabs his signature weapon, and Triple H's signature weapon is a sledgehammer, so he gets in the ring, and, but, before he gets in the ring, sorry, let me backtrack, before he gets in the ring, the electricity starts going out a little bit, and you hear the subtle sound effects of The Fiend. Before he gets in the ring. That's before. The sound effects before the Fiend. Usually gets in the ring. And Triple H and Randy. Are just confused by it. And Triple H gets in the ring. And it happens again. More lights are starting to go out. And then. Triple H is finally. Inside the ring. He's in one corner. Randy. Is on the ground and the lights go out. And then the next thing you know, Triple H's sledgehammer, the metal part, is on fire. And the camera is panning over to Triple H looking at the sledgehammer in terrifying fashion of how did this sledgehammer get on fire? And then next thing you know, the whole lights go out. The sledgehammer, you don't see the sledgehammer on fire anymore. And then moments later, the lights come back on and you hear the Fiend's music, kind of. And it's Alexa Bliss in one corner looking at Randy Orton. And she looks at him, smiling and all that type of stuff. And then she puts up her hand and in her hand she's wearing a glove a white glove and on the edge of the glove it says pain she puts that under her chin and then Randy is still looking at her and then you see a fireball 
shoot out from underneath her hand into Randy Orton's face. And Randy's freaking out because now it's implying the fireball hit his face, which could have hit his eyes or whatever type of orifices. And he's flipping and not flipping, like backflipping, like dropping down, rolling over, patting his face and all that type of stuff. And that's how they end Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw wasn't really nothing to talk about. I mean, they're trying to still settle up uh, Matt Riddle as a just a jokester, but he's going to get his one-upmanship on Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business. He's They're going to try to get him to topple the Hurt Business. Um, what else is there to happen this week? Uh, Jeff Hardy winning his Jackson Riker and Jackson Riker beat uh, Jeff Hardy by rolling him up with hands in the tights and then Elias got called out by Jeff Hardy and then Jeff Hardy ends up beating Elias Elias looks at Jackson Riker and asks why he didn't help him but before the match Elias hit him with a don't get involved and don't uh do anything he wanted him he said it in a sarcastic manner as in i want you to don't do nothing i want you to not interfere he told him all this type of thing but he said in a sarcastic manner that jacks jason not jason jackson reichert couldn't understand didn't understand so there you go Jeff Hardy ends up beating him. Uh, what else happened on Raw? Uh, they're gonna push. They're pushing more of Ric Flair being uh, pain in his daughter's uh, side because her uh, Charlotte went against Lacey Evans, who last week Ric Flair helped out inadvertently, which we all thought he did inadvertently last week. But come to fool, come to find out, he did it on purpose because Charlotte is saying, "Why is people paying attention to my father when I'm right here? When it is 2021, it is no longer 1980 or 1990. We are in 2021 now, and I am the person that you should be looking at. I'm the person you should be talking about. I shouldn't be talking about my father." She's getting tired of the father stuff. But she loves her father, but she wants to win. She's tired of people just constantly talking about her father to her. So, Ric Flair comes out in her match with Lacey Evans. He pulls his daughter. Uh, no, no, no. He, his daughter has Lacey Evans for the win. He, Ric Flair, puts Lacey Evans' feet on the ropes. Lacey, uh, the referee catches that. Not catches Ric Flair doing it, but catches that Lacey Evans' foot is on the rope because Ric Flair is now yelling to the referee, hey, her feet's on the rope. And Charlotte then looks at her father and says, are you, did you, are you kidding me? You put her feet on the ropes. Are you kidding me? Ric Flair's doing the whole dumbfounded uh, thing, look. And... Now they're about to do the suplex. 
uh, into the ring spot that he do. And the spot is, ladies and gentlemen, is basically another me word for move. They're about to do the suplex move into the ring where one person's outside of the ring and another person grabs that person uh, and lifts them up and try to suplex them inside the ring. But Charlotte is trying to suplex Lacey Evans. She gets her up, but Ric Flair grabs his daughter's feet and drops her down. And Lacey Evans drops on top of her daughter. Lacey's pinning Charlotte, and now Ric Flair's holding his daughter's feet down. And Ric Flair helps Lacey Evans win over his daughter. I don't know what they're trying to do with that, because that that doesn't intrigue me, and I don't think it intrigues anybody else. Now, in AEW news this week, we had the second night of the New Year's Bash, New Year's Smash 1-2, and... It was a good show. I mean, you had the highlights of it was um, the Inner Circle coming out, and they were all named um, New Year's resolutions. Jake Hager came out and said championships. That's all he said. He just said championships, and that was everybody got a nice chuckle out of that. Um, Sammy Guevara. Uh, no, no, no. Before Sammy. Uh, MJF said that he wanted to continue to be best, continue to be friends with the inner circle, have the inner circle be a dominant faction. Uh, that's about it for MJF. Chris Jericho said that, um, he's going to have the inner circle be dominant. We're going to destroy AEW. We're going to take reins of AEW because 2020 was a good year for the inner circle, but 2021 is going to be a complete better year for the inner circle. And he announced that the tag team of the inner circle is going to be Chris Jericho and MJF. Now, in the inner circle, the tag team that everybody knows of the inner circle is Santana and Ortiz. And Santana spoke out and said to Chris Jericho, you handpicked me and Ortiz. Why are you trying to team with Max and say that you guys are the tag team of the inner circle when it's simply not true? Then Sammy popped out and told Chris that he's a tag team hobbler. He likes to hop on with different people and form different tag teams. And in a circle, it was supposed to be Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, known as the Sex Gods, as their formal tag team. And then when Sammy Guevara got suspended, Chris Jericho joined with Jake Hager, and they were going after the AEW Tag Team titles. And now he's joining with MJF to go after the Tag Team titles. So Chris Jericho made the announcement that next week it will be a three-way match to determine who is the official Tag Team of the Inner Circle. It is going to be Santana and Ortiz, Going against Jericho and MJF. Going against Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. Also what happened on 
AEW this week of worth mentioning was Kenny Omega and the Elite. Now, if you have been paying any attention, and AEW throws it out blatantly in your face, and so I don't know how you meant anything, but I'm not going to shun you if you did. AEW kind of tells you to your face what's going to happen, so you won't be so shocked, but you'll be shocked a little bit. Some things you don't notice that's so subtle that you don't catch, but this one, it was blatantly in your face. Last week's episode, they ran down the match card for this week's episode, and it said the Elite will be in action. Usually they show off. They usually they show Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks face because they are the Elite. But last week they had just the Elite, their little logo right there in action, and I kind of already knew. Okay, they're going to do something funny. They're going to have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows show up. And crash that party. And come to my foolish, it was true. Because this week, whenever they listed what's going to happen on this week's episode of Dynamite, it showed Kenny Omega, and it still showed the Elite logo right next to him. And it said, Kenny Omega, it said the Elite will be in action. And when it was time for that match to happen, before Kenny Omega came out, you saw Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks standing next to each other, and Don Callis is next to Kenny Omega. Kenny and the Young Bucks are having talking, and they can't wait to be back together and do a match together because it's been a long, it's been a, some time since they have all been together as a three-man unit, and Don Callis said to them, hey, you know what, I like their music, don't you think big superstars should get a, uh, entrances of their own, and he told that to the Bucks, and he said, you know what, let me and Kenny come out first, and then we'll introduce you guys, and they were all cool, with it. okay, cool, that's fine, cool, Kenny gets his big superstar main event level style entrance, and then Next thing you know, he's in the ring. Don Callis has the mic. He's pumping up and he's getting everybody involved, saying, and Kenny Omega's tag team partners are, and he says, the Good Brothers. And Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows come out from the side of the entrances, not on the ramp, but the side entrances, and they get into the ring, and you hear Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur saying that they got screwed, that Impact is foraging and pillaging off of Tony Khan's uh, generosity, and you get a little... uh, Side screen, smaller screen showed up on your top left or right or whatever. They show a little small screen of Tony Khan and the Young Bucks looking at Kenny Omega and Lou Gals and Doc Gals. 
uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in the ring with Kenny Omega. Sorry for saying all that things. But anyway, uh, you see that, and they too sweet it, and they look disappointed. They beat up uh, Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, and Danny Limelight. After the match, John Moxley comes out there, and he starts fighting the three of them. And then people from the backstage start coming out to try to help out uh, John Moxley. And then the same thing happened again. The Young Bucks come out there, and they pull John Moxley off of Kenny, and they are saying, do you want a super kick? Do you want a super kick? Relax. And then Pentagon and Phoenix come out there, and they're behind the Bucks. They're setting them up, and then they hit both of the Bucks with a super kick to the face. And then they start brawling with the Bucks. And then you see Kenny Omega get pulled out from this brawl by Don Callis. And Don Callis brings Kenny to the back. Kenny wants to try to fight and help his buddies out, but Don Callis won't allow it. So Don Callis has to grab Kenny and like push him into the back. Like, come on, kid, we gotta go. And then in the main event of the night of AEW, it was Darby Allen versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. It was a great match. It showed Darby Allen getting beat down so much. Darby Allen just constantly getting beat and beat. It was like a one man uh match. Brian Cage was just beating down that kid so much. But, towards the end of the match, Darby Allen was able to get some strikes in on Brian Cage. He was able to outmaneuver him in a crafty way by by taking off his own personal belt, tying it around Brian Cage's legs, and kind of like bear trapping him and like pounding on him, like throwing hands to the back of Brian Cage's shoulders and head, and then... Brian Cage gets up and clotheslines Darby Allen. He takes the belt off of his ankles. And Brian Cage is about to uh, powerbomb. No, no, no. Brian Cage uh, sets up, still steps in a position so he can uh, suplex Darby Allen to the steps. Darby Allen gets out of that. He hits Brian Cage. He hits Brian Cage. He even bites the finger of Brian Cage. And then he runs and drop kicks Brian Cage. And Brian Cage back hits the steps. And you hear the thud. And then Darby Allen goes to the top rope. Hits a coffin drop. And he throws Brian. He puts Brian Cage back into the ring. Ricky Starks is about to interfere in the match. Thanks to Hook who distracted the referee. And Ricky Starks uh, was able to shake the ropes. Darby Allen came crashing onto his uh, nether reasons on the top rope. And then the lights go out. And the lights pop back on. And Sting is right there. Sting hits Ricky Starks in the stomach. And you see Brian Cage get up to the top rope. And it's about to set up a 
drill claw off the top rope. But Darby Allen gets behind Brian Cage and hits a crucifix sunset sun, uh, crucifix uh, pinning maneuver off of the top rope. And he pins Brian Cage like that one, two, three. Brian Cage had the match won, but Darby Allen wouldn't die. That was the story of this match. It was showing how tough Darby Allen is, how you could beat Darby Allen up so many times. But in the end, Darby Allen will still come out to fight you no matter what. So what ended up happening happening was after the match, you see all the team Taz on the stage and staying in Darby Allen in the ring, just staring at Team Taz. You had Pac versus Eddie Kingston to start to show off. It was a good match. It was a nice little something. Uh, Pac ends up beating Eddie Kingston with a black arrow, and then he puts him in the rings of Saturn after the match. Uh, Blade and Butcher want to get into the ring and try to help out their buddy Eddie Kingston, but the Lucha Bros, Pentagon, and uh, Phoenix stop that from happening. And then Lance Archer comes out there and he just has a stare down with Butcher and the Blade as they pull out Eddie Kingston. And then he, then Lance Archer focuses attention onto Pac. When he tells Pac to pay attention. I mean you have a partnership. And their partnership is basically trying to get Eddie Kingston. Because Eddie Kingston has been a pain in both their butts. So. He tells him to pay attention. Quit messing around. That was the end of that one. Uh, you also had Serena Deed. Going against Taya Conti. For the NWA Women's Championship. And that was a nice match. It show it's letting people know that AEW has heard what people had to say about their women's division, and we're going to give you guys better uh, women's matches. Women are still going; it's still taking them some time to get their formula right with the women, but they're showing that they are listening and that they're trying to give uh, progress. They're showing progression. That's what I'm meaning. They're showing progression to it. Uh, what else happened in wrestling news? Nothing else so far about the Jay White news so far. I mean, they removed this page off of New Japan. I don't know if it's a uh, storyline, what they're doing, or this might be a legitimate thing of Jay White literally uh, leaving New Japan. I don't think so. I think he understands that New Japan is the place right now for him. And if not... Uh, He's going to make a place for himself somewhere else. I just hope not WWE because right now, if he does go there, NXT. And speaking of NXT, <laughs> the Dusty Rose Classic started off this week on NXT television. You had uh, the Undisputed Era going against Breezango and the Undisputed Era of Adam Cole and Roderick Strong beat Breezango. And you had... MSK going against Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott. In that match, you were able to see what MSK is able to do. 
MSK is able to do much more than what you saw in that first round match. They're probably going to save it for later, off in the evening, well, throughout the tournament. And MSK ends up beating Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Now, MSK consists of a guy named Desmond Xavier and Impact and Zachary Wentz. Those were their names in Impact Wrestling, but in WWE, their names now are in WWE. Zachary Wentz now goes by Nash Carter, and Desmond Xavier goes by Wes Lee. And they qualify, not qualify, they advance more in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And in also throughout the night, you saw the Grizzle Young Veterans going against Everise in another uh, advancing match of the Dusty Rose Classic and the Grizzle Young Veterans beat Everise. And you saw at the you saw um, Finn Balor going against Pete Dunne in a promo battle, words to words, and then Pete Dunne and his two friends, Danny Lorkin, no, no, Danny Burch, sorry, and Oni Lorkin beat up Finn Balor. And then the Undisputed Era came out there to save Finn Balor from the beatdown. And then that happened, that was another culmination that happened later throughout, later in the night whenever Undisputed Era went against Breezango. And through in that match, Kyle O'Reilly was out there to support his guys. And then you see Pete Dunne and Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan coming out there. They beat up Kyle O'Reilly. They're about to put kick his face into a steel uh steel structure. And ultimately made the case that they were going to break his jaw. Finn Balor comes out there to save Kyle O'Reilly and you see Undisputed Era just looking at that happening. Then Breezango tried to take advantage of it, but that didn't happen. And leads to ultimate, ultimately Undisputed Era getting the win. And Undisputed Era is having a face down with Pete Dunne and Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, who on the main stage just looking at all this and mockery. But the thing is, the Big Bad Wolf is looking at all this and he is chuckling. Karrion Cross is legitimately the number one contender for a championship he never lost. He had to relinquish the championship in the exact same manner that Finn Balor relinquished the Universal Championship. His shoulder popped out and he couldn't wrestle on that, so he had to relinquish it. So now he's coming back to reclaim his NXT Championship. But the story is right now, Finn Balor is going to go against Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne wants an NXT championship and he wants to be the face and the king of European wrestling. So they're going to allow that match to happen and more than likely after that match, you'll see Karrion Cross come up and start pummeling Finn Balor to let him know, I'm here, give me back what is rightfully mine. Give me back my NXT championship. 
Um, I believe that's it for wrestling news of this week. If there's anything else. Oh, yeah. Hard to Kill ha- is happening right now as I am recording this podcast. And I will let you know who are the winners next episode of the podcast. Um, so let me get to the Inquiring Minds segment of this podcast. And the Inquiring Minds segment is... What is going to happen on Inauguration Day? Right now, what I do know is that um, J-Lo is supposed to be uh, performing at Inauguration Day. Lady Gaga is supposed to be performing at Inauguration Day. Um, Donald Trump is leaving the White House on the Inauguration Day, the morning of. uh, And Joe Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is supposed to be putting their hands and swearing into office that they will do what's best for the American people and all this type of stuff. What is going to happen on Inauguration Day? I think people will have be on the up and ups to see if anything's going to happen at the Capitol. There's already been alerts in every state that people are going to try to do some uprising at your own state uh, big buildings that holds your senator, your state senator, or whatever your big state governor guy is or miss is um every state has been on the alert for that so i'm not sure if people going to try to do anything about it or is people going to try to jump out the window and try to do something i hope not you'll be a fool if you do because by god people are really on high alert you will be a complete fool to try to jump on somebody and try to do something on inauguration day. I think the I think the only people that will be covering Trump leaving office is Fox News throughout the whole time. I don't think they're going to be paying attention to Biden being sworn in. I think you got the rest of your other news publications like ABC, uh, CNN, CBS, NBC, whenever they have their news outlets do it. I believe those are the people that's really going to be focusing on Biden, like getting into office and being sworn in and the performances and all that type of stuff. I hope nothing happens, but I will be watching. I'll let you guys know what happened next episode. And with that, I am done with my inquiry mind segment. I am done with the episode. Um, I love you guys. I love you. I love you. Even though times get are getting rough for people out here, you got to know that there's a light still at the end of the tunnel. Take care of yourselves. Follow the guidelines. Stay six feet away from each other. Wear the mask. But most importantly, stay safe. I love you guys. I love you. It's not goodbye. It's until the next time you hear this voice. I love you guys. Uh, and I'm done.